0: Welcome to BlitzCast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex
1: Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of BlitzCast. This is your host, Brendan Bolin. And as always, I got my Kentucky boy, Angelo Carriero, with me today. How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm good, Brandon. I'm excited. Today is a special day for the podcast.
1: Yes, sir, it is. And that special day is uh, indicates the start of our scouting for the 2023 NFL Draft Class, Angelo. And uh, we're going to kick it off with centers. But man, I mean, just watching these centers and the players we've talked about the last couple of weeks, it's looking like this 2023 class could be truly special i don't think it's a stretch to say that this could be one of the most impressive classes we've seen in the last you know half decade or so it is shaping up to be that way so far
0: it might be the from when we did the redraft of like 2016 2011 it looks like it could be the best class since 2011
1: no, oh, absolutely! I mean, like I, I the the way too early mock draft you made the players that we had on that top thirty-two. I'm like, are you kidding me? All of those players, based off the careers they've already had, could have been you know first rounders this last year. So we get to see one more year of dominance in college, and then they're off into the NFL. But this week, I took some time and I broke down uh, the top five centers going into this next season, and who is probably going to be the top five centers coming out of uh, into the draft. So. Angelo, I'm super excited. And let's be clear, this is not
0: a ranking of the top five centers Mm -hmm. out of a group of 20. You just picked five consensus centers to begin scouting, correct?
1: Yes, sir. I I just went across, and I I found guys that were constantly popping up on top five boards, and I I brought all those names together, and I was able to come up with five guys that really look like to be the consensus top five going into next year. And I'm not going to give you a concrete rating on when we go into them. I'm not going to say this guy is far and away better than this guy. But I will tell you them in the order of who maybe impressed me uh, the least to who impressed me the most. But before I get into it, all these guys impressed me, Angelo. All right, well, let's kick kick it off. Yes, sir, let's do it. And I'm going to kick it off with Jarrett Patterson. He's a center from Notre Dame, and he's a graduate student senior. He is 6'4". 307 pounds so coming out of high school his high school recruit rankings uh he was a three star by rivals and uh 247 sports and espn had him as a four-star prospect so pretty highly recruited coming out of high school and then he also made that uh all usa california football team so incredibly dominant as an offensive tackle in high school But coming into college at Notre Dame, they liked him better at center, and I think they did a fantastic decision putting him there. He started all 13 games last year, all eight the year before that, and all 13 the year before that. So since 2019 has started every single game he's been on the football field. And I'll go over some of my scouting notes here. First of all, for somebody that size has very quick and active feet always moving, always just, even if he's not engaged in a block, he's staying active, getting ready to move. He has such a strong immovable frame. I think out of any of the centers, he's one of the most just immovable anchor guys. And Angelo, after scouting centers, I came to uh, somewhat of a stereotypical generalization that there's really two types of centers in a general sense. And I like to call them anchors or bowling balls. And I'll get more into that but jared patterson to me is an anchor he wins his reps with what looked like very little effort you know if he's not moving neither is that other person necessarily he's not going to like push them into the dirt you guys are just staying there like an anchor with a ship you know uh he has an incredibly powerful lower body and that's why it seems so effortless he's just constantly chopping those feet and nobody's able to move him He has a great pad level most of the time. It it gets a little bit high at times, but for a guy... Ding, ding. Yeah. You know how I feel about my pad level if you listen to this show. But no, other than that, like, he's very fundamentally sound. He knows what he's doing, and he is that leader of the offensive line. Sees to be a great communicator, doesn't ever seem to have ill-advised snaps. Now, yes, there's that physical aspect where he just can't be moved, but there are some cons, he does not pick up the blitz very well. I think he picked up the blitz the worst out of any of these centers, and he also does not pick up stunts very well. So I think he's just this physical specimen that still has some, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily from film being able to recognize stunts and blitzes, or if that's a vision thing, keeping your head on a swivel, but that was one of the biggest things I noticed is if they were attacking that A-gap and he was not, necessarily he just doesn't do a good job at picking up that extra pressure if it's not there right off the bat and then his back like I was mentioning his pad level is great most of the time but he also can get a very upright back you like to have a flat back but you want it to be a little bent over and he gets very stood up at times and it will just drive him back that's the only time I've seen somebody just physically be able to push that man backwards if he gets that high back and I rarely, rarely see him working to the second level when he can. So he's a very stationary anchor type of center. Uh, some of my general notes, like like I said, he's a center and he doesn't really ever dominate players or put them into the dirt per se. He just it, it doesn't happen to him either, you know and he does his job he does his job and he does it well there's just not that domination factor where i'm like wow this guy is going to kill you you know he's kind of like a a classic notre dame lineman like very good pass blocker but uh doesn't have that vicious viciousness that i've seen from a lot of other notre dame players but i really do like what he brings all right and then also you know he throughout his college career he's pretty decorated angelo just this last year He was a Phil Steele All-American third team and a Phil Steele All-Independent first team. And then back in 2020, he was actually on the Remington Trophy watch list, which is very, very big for those centers. So very, very talented football player. I would just like to see that mental aspect work together. And then he also, one thing I'm really concerned about is he's going to miss all of the 2022 spring training camp with a torn pectoral muscle. And he also missed four games in 2020 with a foot injury. So that was the only time he was never starting a game was with that foot injury. And there are maybe some question marks on how will that dominance resonate in 2022 coming off of a torn pec. But from the reports I've read, Angelo, he's going to be money and ready to rock and roll by the time the season comes around.
0: Yeah, I'm not too worried about the torn pectoral in the spring. That stuff does get situated over time. I, I will say this. I, I think you're completely correct that there are anchors and that there are bowling balls. And a lot of times that that's kind of why I gave center scouting to you is because <laughs> there are times where bowling balls just are difficult for me. I don't know necessarily how to conceptualize looking at an offensive tackle like Charles Cross or even like Jarrett Patterson and then getting to one of these other guys on the list. And I just go – Now, how do I do this? Like, this is not the same thing I was just doing. I like Jarrett Patterson. Here's the thing, though. When you said that he played tackle in high school, and I know most linemen do at some point, it made perfect sense. He does not have a center body. He does not have a center frame. He should play guard. Like That's the conclusion that I came to. I think that when you look at a guy, he was long. He was lunging. But there were times where it was really impressive because he physically is that type of of dominant presence. It looks like he could get to the second level. It's just, I just don't know if Sinner was out of necessity or if it's for him. But just with that length that he has, and I know that the NFL, like Ryan Kelly, is a very similar-sized player to him, and maybe he just needs to work the kinks out of his game. But to me, just looking at him off the base, it seems like that maybe playing off the pivot which is what I call Center sometimes is the pivot because that's where the ball is maybe playing next to him in the phone booth but being able to use his length against three techs and five techs is more suited to his physical and natural ability than playing center what do you what do you think about
1: that no I I couldn't I 100% agree I was watching this guy and after reading that he played high school offensive tackle I was like it makes a lot of sense because like you said that's a, that's a tackle build the thing that i've kind of convinced myself on why he's playing center and necessarily not guard is because if you know need be you need this guy to pull or you need him to get out there with quickness that wasn't necessarily something i ever saw him do uh, and that's something i saw a lot of these other centers do you know like a lot of these centers were polling for for other teams but um, i don't know if that's necessarily ju- just not how notre dame runs with their offensive line but i don't think he has the lateral quickness necessarily that a lot of guards you know really have so that's that's the only thing that i've convinced myself why he's playing center but i mean build skill set wise you're not wrong angelo that's a man that could be playing guard
0: so you had him as your least favorite center to watch. Is that because of the, the you said the blitzing, not picking it up, the mental side of the game and, and the physical frame? Or do you actually like that physical frame for the center position? You just want him to hone it.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I think that, the physical aspects, everything's there. I want to see him get there on the mental stuff, being able to recognize a blitz, a blitz pre-snap and being able to recognize where a stunt maybe could potentially come from. But there, there's nothing... I don't dislike Jarrett Patterson, like I said at the beginning of the show, like all the players, but yes, I was the least impressed with him, even though his you know natural pass-blocking ability was very evident just based off of his sheer physical nature.
0: So you had him fifth. I probably would have had him around 3rd from I the guys that. that I've watched, but I did not I will have let everybody know. I let Brendan do the scouting for the Sinners. I just take a look so I can talk about it with him so we could so we can have dialogue on it, but I did not do the breakdown that Brendan did. I am just casually watching and saying, "Oh, I like this. I didn't like that." I'm not putting any scouting effort yet now as we get into the college football season and into the offseason i will dip my toe more into actually scouting like the top of the class but i'm relying on Brendan on centers so i had him around my third favorite
1: you had him at fifth so let's see who your fourth is all righty at fourth i'm gonna have ricky stromberg center from arkansas and he's a senior and sorry, when I sent this over, I might have put his name Stormberg, but it's Stromberg. Yeah, you messed up a lot of the spellings <laughs> did, on that. I Next sure time, did.
0: please give me the actual spellings and schools and all of that, please.
1: Yeah, you're just so you're not digging, trying to find a, a fake player. I got you, Angelo, so I'll be on the lookout for that. But uh, Ricky Thank you. Ricky Stromberg is 6'4", 318 pounds. And he's uh, from Rivals and 247 Sports, a three-star recruit. ESPN decided he was a four-star recruit. And he was a three-year varsity letter winner in high school. So three years straight. Not nearly as decorated as our last player. He was on the 2021 Remington watch list. And he also made 2020 Fall SCC Academic Honor Roll. Love to see our football players doing good in school. I, I truly like... That is such a big thing that people don't talk about. It translates to the football field. It really does. But every year since 2019, he has started all but one game, except for in 2021, 13 games played, 13 starts. And in 2020, started in eight games, played in nine. And in 2019, started in 11, played in 12. He is so explosive and athletic right after the snap that was maybe something I didn't see out of Patterson was that just straight explosion and just knock a guy right after the snap he does not lock and load his arms back so he doesn't have wasted motion you do not want wasted motion if you're in the trenches because that means somebody's getting your hands on you before you are so he is violent with his strike he like like I just said he consistently engages with the defensive line before they engage him He has a very violent play style and has no issue putting the defensive lineman into the dirt once he gets his feet churning. And he shows very strong intelligence as a communicator. Like every single time the quarterback's coming down, he is making sure everybody on the line is on the same page as him. And people have vouched for his smarts. His head is always on a swivel. And if there's nobody to block, he picks up a blitz. He looks for the double teams. Like He is always looking for something else to do. And like I said, coaches vouch for his toolbox, they vouch for his athleticism, and he's a very dominant double-teamer. A lot of players kind of just, like, will go rub up on a shoulder just to not let them, you know, get off of that original block. He's coming in with a nasty double-team, and I was very, one of, I think one of the single games I was most impressed by was Ricky Stromberg versus Alabama. He held his own against Alabama's defensive line in 2021. I was incredibly impressed. I mean, there was maybe two pressures that whole game that I thought were like solely, solely based on him. You know, it wasn't because of a great defensive line call. Like it was just, he lost the rep. I really thought that was one of the best games he played that I watched. And then he handles his own against very like powerful rushers, which I was impressed. Like he held his own against like Fedarian Mathis. Some of the cons I saw with him struggles against speed rushers if he can't get a good grip on you it's not going to be a good rep like that's why i think he's so concerned about being the first guy to get your hands on you is because he knows he could win that way but if it's a speed guy he has a hard time and he'll kind of just bump the shoulder and that's where you know the mishandling comes in he has a hard time holding on to blocks if he's on the move so if he's pulling or if he is downfield i respect the effort but the technique is not necessarily there. It's like a lunge, and he'll try to just throw his arms out and almost just push the guy rather than set up for a block. So understanding how to set up for a a dominant block downfield is something he needs to put in his to-do list. Other than that, I mean, and he also gets pushed back in the pocket by, uh, like, yes, he could hold his own, and he's not getting pushed over, but by large pass rushers, they, they definitely can push him back a little bit, and he doesn't have that sole anchor ability. Uh, some, of, some of the more general notes I just had on him was nearly every single play, he was further downfield than any of his other offensive linemen by significant margin. Now, I don't know if that's because he's so eager to go make a block or if that's because he's pushing his, his linemen so far back, but that dude's always like three or four yards past everybody else every single play. And I only saw one play where he snapped the ball on the wrong count, and it was... It was absolutely on his fault, and that was against Alabama as well. But you know, playing in that type of environment, I I would expect there to be an ill-advised snap or two. And then this, so this is a guy. If you're playing a power defensive front, this is who you want. If you're playing playing a speed front, I'm a little bit concerned. Last thing that I noticed about him is he has somewhat of a unique stance. He kind of has straighter legs with a like more bent back it's it's kind of unique so my question is will that more upright stance become an issue at the next level it doesn't necessarily seem to be with these power guys right now but if you have you know not the perfect stance in the NFL and you have somebody that takes advantage of that I think that could be a serious serious issue in the next level I just can't say it's going to be because it hasn't proven to be an issue to me yet only only one uh, minor injury, but in 2021 he missed some fall camp with a uh, slight MCL strain, but completely recovered from that. And he's he said he's feeling perfect. So I was impressed with Ricky Stromberg. There was just a few things that concerned me, like his ability to de- deal with like more speed rushers, and then also that stance. I don't know how that will translate.
0: Just looking at Stromberg and then hearing his accolades and looking up some of. This is going to be one of the best center classes that we've ever oh. had. Like, if this is fourth, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I, I, I look, look, big Kentucky guy, love Luke Fortner, think he'll do great in Jacksonville. But when Luke Fortner's going at the top of the third round – and you look at a guy, and you look at this class. Like Stromberg was consensus four star. Patterson was three and four star. That was a tackle though, and he moves to center. Then you look at some of the other guys on this list that are coming up. I mean, Stromberg, I, 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 I hit it exactly right. What I saw, it's going to be between him and another center for their type. Okay, you have another one coming up, and I think that really the battle is going to be between be between those two for who's going to get picked highest. But let's be honest, you could have all five of the centers that are coming up on this list go in the first two two days. I, I mean, if Patterson and Stromberg are fifth and fourth, you could make an argument that... Uh, who was the top center prospect in this class? We had a, it, was, it was Linderbaum, mm-hmm. who's like an all-time prospect. And then like Parham was two yeah. to most people, is that correct? Yeah, which was
1: like a significant drop-off. I mean, Parham was a good yeah, prospect, no, but no, no Nobody Linderbaum. in this class...
0: I think you'll agree with me. Nobody in this class is higher than than Linderbaum, but I think all five of these guys would have been second, the second center last year.
1: Absolutely agree.
0: So, I I mean, I watched Stromberg. I think I I think that he I didn't watch a ton of him. I had to, I had to I had to uh, quicken quicken my my, avou- my my watching of him, but from what I saw, it he, he play he played solid he was strong he, he's you know being at 64 he doesn't play like he's 64 uh, for the center position which is good like you want player mm. you want offensive linemen to play just a little smaller than they are because you have to have that bin he looked like he had strength but uh, he's someone I'm gonna have to watch more before I have a more formed opinion
1: oh absolutely I, I think you'll have a good time watching his film very high effort player and you know making the, ranking that quote I'm putting air quotes around ranking because I'm not going to be upset if you even want to put five at two. You know, like all of these guys truly have something that they could do better than another one. and all have makings of an NFL center. But going into the guy that impressed me the third most is um, I apologize in advance if I butcher the name, but it's Alisugin Victor Alawamadi. Alou- He's a center from Michigan, graduate student, senior. He actually just transferred from Virginia, so this is going to be his first year playing with Michigan. 6'3", 310 pounds. He was actually a zero-star prospect by rivals in ESPN, but 247 gave him a two-star, so not highly recruited. And then other than that, he was a team captain and then a two-time all-conference selection and East Bay All-American. So won some big awards, but definitely didn't get the prospect praise. And then in college, he was an All-AC Honorable Mention in 2019, and then uh, PFF uh, All-Second Team and All-Second Team All-American by the Football Writers Association of America, as well as a Remington Trophy finalist. So the dude has had a very successful college career so far, and with Virginia, uh, last year he started 12 games out of 12 games played. 2020, 10 games played, 10 games started. 2019, 14 games played and 13 games started. And then in 2018 and 2017, uh, he couldn't play because of uh, he couldn't play because of a foot injury or excuse me a knee injury his freshman year of college. And then that year of 2018, he was ineligible to play duty transfer restrictions. But this was a player that. I saw that was pretty consensusly the number one guy. This I saw him ranked number one on more lists than I saw any than any other player. But I had him at third for some reasons. Some of the pros I saw when scouting him is he does a very good job at staying engaged with defenders. Once he has you in his grips, good luck getting out of there. You're just you're gonna have to get to know the guy because you're gonna be with him for a while. Very high effort player. Another one of those anchor play styles. He's an anchor. That has a little bit more energy, though. He's an effective run blocker when the, when the run is going to his backside. I think that he's probably the best, if maybe second best run blocker in this class. And like I mentioned with uh, Ricky Stor- Stromberg, he understands his role as a second in a double team very well. He's not necessarily the one that people are helping pick up double teams. He's going to help and giving the double teams very often. So, I mean, I've seen him get two two double teams in the same play. So he understands what his responsibility is, and once he does it, he gets out and goes and blocks somebody else. Very smart football player, and he's going to be starting center for Michigan in 2022. One of the you know one of the best college programs in football transferring for Virginia. He does not fully commit to his responsibilities at time and plays a little bit of a guessing game. And I think that was what held me back. I do not want to see you thinking about what your next move is going to be. once you. you We know how fast-paced of a game football is. And if you're running and kind of just panicking, like, what do I do next? It's going to cost you. And there was a lot of times where a block that he could have picked up just flew right past him because he couldn't make up his mind on what he wanted to go do downfield. And then also, I noticed he dips his head down at times when he's trying to engage. And it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens often enough to where I was able to notice it. And it's not like he's getting completely destroyed once his head's down, but he's almost looking at dirt sometimes, Angelo, and you don't know what the heck's going on in the play if you're looking at the ground, and I promise you, if you're looking down, that defensive lineman is going to take advantage of you and throw you in the dirt. I do think he needs to improve his pass blocking technique and consistency and he lacks that domination factor. I think all these centers are phenomenal, but very few of them have that factor where they're like, I'm going to put you in the dirt and I'm going to make you hate playing football. I don't think any, like very, like I said, very few of these guys have that skill set. Very, very good athlete, very good prospect. My biggest advice for him is just to settle down and relax, dude. I see that this guy has all the talent in the world. There's a reason that he transferred to Michigan and is going to be starting for them. They know what they have in him. Just settle down, and I really think that he could be the best center to come out of this class.
0: I would say that when I watched him, he's totally the bowling ball types that get me confused. At times, that the, part of that is he's so big, where you say he has his head looking at the ground. That body type, you'll see, you'll actually see that a lot. Okay. And it, 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 I don't know if that's actually a weakness or if that's just naturally what <laughs> happens with guys like that. I'll say he's very intelligent. Mm. I've listened to some interviews with him. Virginia is a. Even though it's a public school, it 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 is a a really highly rated public school in Michigan is as well. So he's obviously very smart. There's there's not going to be a problem diagnosing plays and, and, and getting a playbook in for him. Uh, I kind of viewed, I kind of called him a Hulk. Like he kind of looks like the Incredible Hulk out there. He's <laughs> so big. I view him as. I don't think he's a first round prospect, but he's someone I could totally see going in around two but he's definitely a very specific type of guy. Like when he's I I feel like he's and it's obvious with his body, he's more conducive for a power for a mm-hmm. po- for for going up against bigger. Like if you're in a division that has let's say Jordan Davis, maybe he's a fit for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Or he's a you know, for that for that because when you have someone like Davis, I would want someone like I don't know how to say his name, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to get I'm mean, that's that's for you. You're our center expert. <laughs> but that's that's the type of guy he has to block. I don't think he's suited for for the other style. So it's just I, I think that from what I saw, second round makes sense. He's that's why I said all five of these guys could go day two. I do find it interesting, Brendan uh we are we are two peas from the same pod because your top two were also my top two okay sweet sweet i that's, that's crazy <laughs> i was really i don't hoping. know what order though we could be we could be different on the order but i had a i'm uh, look i'm not gonna sit here and say that i know who's going first in 2023 but w- there was one of these two guys that that
1: separated himself from the rest of them let's see if we have the same one okay sweet i'm i'm really curious as well so without any further ado and Angelo, before I announce it, I had such a hard time with these two. Like the first three, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. One and two, absolutely the hardest because these two showed me flashes of like series all-pro potential. Number two, I'm gonna go Andrew Ram, center from Oklahoma, he junior. He's six foot four, three hundred and seven pounds, and he was a f- consensus four-star recruit from Rivals two four seven and ESPN in 2021 he was a second all big 12 selection by AP and a big 12 honorable mention uh, acclaim from league coaches other than that not decorated which is crazy to me crazy to me I, it may be because of the the shorter amount of playing time now in 2021 played 12 games started 12 games in 2020 he played in nine games I couldn't find a solid answer on games started it was either five or four. I couldn't give you a solid answer, so I'm not gonna make it up. I'm gonna tell you he played in nine. I couldn't give you the exact amount of starts in 2020. But oh my gosh, I had such a fun time watching him. Very, very, very powerful. Okay. Always looking for a block to make. And you guys will see, like I love like this is one of my first times really breaking centers down. So something that I realize I love in a center is just having that second effort. If you have time, look for somebody else to block. Make yourself part of the play if you're not part of the play. Always doing that. Very strong and sturdy base. A great pass uh, protection form and technique. Just a very, very natural pass blocker. And always feeling his blind spots for pressure. This was something I don't think I noticed very much with the other guys, but... This guy like has eyes in the back of his head, Angelo, because I if say say pressures coming from that left side and he gives a little bit of a step to the left, that right arm is like so often fully extended to the right side to feel if there's anybody giving pressure on that side. And I did not see that consistently from anybody else. but anytime he had the opportunity to reach out and feel, literally feel for pressure, he was doing it. That just shows how smart of a football player is. And for that size, he's a very fluid and lateral mover. I loved what I saw from him as a pass protector because of that effort, because of always looking for that extra responsibility. I'm going to make myself part of the play. Now, the, the big cons I saw was... Maybe he doesn't explode off the line like I'd like him to, but he's he's a great pass blocker, so I feel like he's not somebody that needs to. He's gonna get set in his pass blocking technique and then let the guy come to him so he can, you know, kinda get him where he wants him. Another thing is when he is trying to make that extra effort, he kinda lunges forward and bends his back and throws Throws his arms forward and tries... I mean, like, yeah, that's going to work for a defensive back. You know, you're going to put a corner and a safety on their butt doing that. But I saw him trying to do that to some linebackers every once in a while, and that just didn't work. And that thing where he feels with his hand, it was awesome in helping him pick up stunts. Phenomenal at picking up stunts. Blitzes were what I saw him kind of struggle picking up. I think he's more concerned about what's, you know, right next to him, what he can handle in that moment of time and not necessarily always thinking of head. So I can't knock him, you know, trying to be so like in the moment, visually aware of what's happening right next to you rather than what's downfield. I think somebody of his stature, that's something that he could fix. He's a very, very smart football player. He can move with urgency if needed. It's just not every play. Like if he's pulling or he's going downfield, he's not ever the fastest lineman, but I've seen him when they had him pull oh my god, that guy can move Angelo. He can haul. So it's really when he wants to. High ceiling, high floor type of player, Angelo. I don't think this guy is going to be bad.
0: No, I was really impressed. And actually looking up his height and weight, he has the body of a center that the NFL likes to draft high, but he plays like he's one of those 6'2 movable centers that's a great package that is a great pack like i'm glad i'm glad to look up his recruiting and see that when i was watching him i mean just and again brendan i'm gonna tell you the truth when i say that i watch these guys i'm telling you like i watch the first three minutes of one game just to get like a physical mm-hmm. and play style profile and that's it but in those couple of minutes watching that guy you're you just go oh he's legit <laughs> And that's the thing I seriously that's what I took away from it. That's why I said with well, these guys are top 2. I think that he has the potential to take over at number 1 mm-hmm. because of it. I mean he was the number 1 ranked guard in the country coming out <laughs> yep. of high school. That's that's insane. I, I I was really impressed by him. It's it's just so fun to have that type of potential at this position because there's so many other positions that have first rounders <laughs> and it's just another reason why this draft class is special. I will say that I think that I'll, I'll I'll scale back a little bit. This guy can take over as
1: the number one center, but I also had him at number two. Let's go! I'm Sue. And sorry, I forgot to mention he only had one. Uh, he had a knee injury in 2021 that kept him out for one game. So does not have any injury problems. So this is a prospect to be super excited about. Angela, oh, I'm so glad that we have our number one the same because I Isn't that crazy? I have been so excited to talk about this guy. Like, the second I watched these two, I was like, there's there's no debate these guys aren't up for one and two.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely correct.
1: I'll tell you about a play that sold Cedric Van Pran for me as number one, though. So, folks, the most impressive, based off of the, the scouting I've done, Cedric Van Pran impressed me the most. A center from Georgia. He's a redshirt sophomore, you guys. He's six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds. He was a consensus four-star prospect from Rivals two four seven and ESPN, and was also a consensus top one hundred player. Not at the position, top one hundred player in the nation across all three of those as well. His college accolades: he played more snaps than any Georgia football player in two thousand and twenty-one. Any player on that football team. And then we cannot forget to mention, he's a college football playoff national champion. So we have to give that boy his respect. But, you know, based off of the one year of film I saw Angelo, I was blown away. In 2021, started 15 games, played in 15 games. I was, oh my gosh, top tier quickness and lateral speed for the position. He makes for one heck of a polar. At 6'4", 3'10", it's, it's just truly mind-blowing to see somebody move that fast that size you couldn't pay me all the money in the world to stand in front of that guy five yards away I'm not joking Angelo very strong communicator for the line and for a team like Georgia you if you just have to be smart you have to have to execute everything to a T. I did not see any ill-advised snaps by him in the games that I watched very very smart and effective pass blocker Another player that's always keeping his head on a swivel and he keeps his body on a swivel too. Like this guy's chopping and turning his whole body. So he, you know, like a lot of guys are just turning their heads and then they have to whip that big body around and then get going in that direction. He's chopping his feet, turning his head and body so he can just find his man and haul. He's not wasting any motion having to turn that body second to his head. Picks up the blitz incredibly well. Angela, this is the play that sold him as the number one center for me. There was not a single play that was more impressive to me. Angela, this is one of the most impressive plays I've watched scouting in the last few months. Against Alabama in the national championship game, he's playing center, right? Will Anderson is on a blitz to the outside shoulder of the right tackle. He somehow, he he's free on this pass block and somehow registers that he's looking to the left and then registers, Oh crap, Will Anderson's blitzing to the outside of this right tackle. Let me go haul all the way over there. He makes it all the way to the outside of the right tackle and puts Will Anderson in the dirt. Will Anderson absolutely 110% would have gotten a sack on that play. And Will Anderson's the best football player in the country, folks. Like to be able to register that that quickly. Now, Angela, I'm not going to lie. I don't know. So. Yes, that's a fantastic display of athleticism to be able to kick it over three gaps pretty much and then get him on the outside of the tackle, but that also displays, I don't know if that's elite vision or elite IQ. Was he able to register pre-snap, hey, Will Anderson is probably going to blitz on this, and if I'm available, I have to kick out and get there? Or is this guy able to somehow just see three players to his right that this guy's blitzing from the outside? I mean, that's just not a responsibility a center should ever have to pick up yet he did it it was it was just mind-blowing and he also does a great job at redirecting players opposite of the ball carrier so like on a run play he's going to completely turn a man around so that defender quite literally has no chance to make a play because they're looking at the wrong side of the field keeps a very nice pad level and stance angelo you know i had to put that in there Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I can't give this guy all the love in the world. There are a few things that I thought that he could do better. Similar to Ricky Stromberg, he doesn't do a good job at setting himself up for a block downfield. It's kind of like that he wants to make a play so bad, so he's going to go try to do it, but will just, like, lunge and just throw his arms out there. I know he's a big, strong, physical guy, and he's seen what he did to Will Anderson. The dude's a dog. But he just needs to understand that sometimes... There is a little bit of patience required, and just getting set and being able to put yourself in front of that guy I think will make all the difference in the world. I think he's a lot better at picking up a blitz than a stunt. I've seen him pick up quite a few stunts, but I also saw stunts work against him a few times, so I can't tell you if he is bad at them or not. I think it's something that has room for improvement, but it's not something I can fully knock him off of lastly his feet are not very active when he's engaged with a defender he kind of has that like he has the he's the most athletic anchor I've ever seen you could almost call him an anchor bowling ball type like a combination between the two because he's not getting moved but he also doesn't have to chop his feet in order for that to happen he's just so physically empowering that you're not going to move the guy if he doesn't want to be moved and he's not going to really drive you backwards he's just going to dominate you I really, really think that he has the build, the framework, the pad level, the you know the the dog factor to be the best center of this draft. Like I, I know I didn't want to say that because you know somebody could come onto the scene and have a phenomenal 2022 season, but from what I saw in 2021, I think this guy truly has what it takes to be you know one of the best centers.
0: Are we related?
1: <laughs> I mean honestly, because you I...
0: took the one thing I wanted to say about him from me. I was about to say he is an anchor that plays like a bowling ball. <laughs> exactly what i was going to say when you watch him he has the body the physical attributes that you look at for an elite center prospect but then when you watch him play he plays with straight and his feet quickness is is so evident you when he snaps the ball he was the he is i I can't say because I, i didn't watch enough but from what i saw out of these centers he can snap the ball and be a position over no, immediately it, it's, his 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 it, his feet quickness is is very impressive. He has the strength. He has the positional blocking. He can pick the what the, the little bit of film I saw on him. There's this blitz that that wasn't his fault that wasn't picked up because the line was supposed to move down. And that's what you want your center to be is the smartest guy on your line because he's the one that's going to have to call out the signals and all that. I think Andrew Rame can push him, but th- from what I saw, just from raw talent, he had the most raw talent. But Rame is right there too. Uh, but yes, when I watched it, Cedric, Va- Cedric Van Praan, he was the guy. I was like, yeah, this guy is balling <laughs> out here. Like, I was really impressed for sure.
1: Oh yeah, that's like the the Angel, I watched like two plays of him, and I was like. The first thing that stood to me was that quickness. I'm like, holy, like, it shouldn't be legal. Like, you, it should not be okay for a man that size to move that quickly. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. But, dude, I had a blast. I know that, you know, there's, you were kind of asking, like, hey, are you good? You know, taking some of the, like, the interior offensive linemen, you're not going to get bored? Dude, I had one heck of a time. So, thank you for letting me scout the centers, Angelo.
0: Of course, yeah. Some people do not like to do interior offensive line. I, I gave it to Brendan. Sometimes guards can get me. Um, I'll admit it. Like I, I, I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind, but it's just I don't think people are able to be as open as usual. I wasn't big on Quentin Nelson coming out. Okay. And if you look at his tape, I can watch it with you and go, where's the impressive plays? Where where is he great? Where is the – even now, I will go – I don't go back and be like, boy, I missed that. I still go back and watch his tape and go, I don't see it. Like, I still don't see it. Even though he's an All-Pro Hall of Fame top ten guard of all time, I still watch it. And I'm like, ah, if you watch his Notre Dame tape, it's not – it doesn't blow you away. So guard was not necessarily my forte. So I kind of wanted to. <laughs> I kind of wanted to throw it over to you, but uh, I think you did a good job, especially uh, especially for first glance for us to be uh, pretty similar. Obviously, three through five we had a different order. I think I probably would have flipped Patterson and Bowling Ball. I, I I cannot say his name. Please say his name for me. The Michigan Center. Alusugin Aloamati. Okay, so – and that only reason is because, like, the body type and the mo- – uh, but those guys can work, like, mm. in the NFL. That's the thing is sometimes just brute strength, guys are like, oh, I can't compete with that because he's stronger than me. Mm. So that makes, a lo- that makes a lot of sense in my mind. But I – I, I do think if it's funny that we both identified the top two and that was with me spending all of three minutes on each guys and then
1: putting them one two that's that's pretty insane. Oh, I mean, some guys you can just you just can see there's that it factor. It doesn't take much, and the one and two absolutely had that it factor, Angelo. So I I think it's funny how regardless what it is, if it's centers, if it's opinions on Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill, we're always on the same page. That's right. That's right. So.
0: I will be doing defensive tackles next week. I'll be sending you the list of defensive tackles I'm going to watch this weekend. Uh, there's no, there's going to be no confusion on who's number one, but it'll be interesting to see who through two through five are and what separates them and see what kind of defensive tackle class this is at, uh, throughout. But we know that the defensive tackle class next year has an elite prospect. So for two weeks in a row... The good times just keep rolling down in Georgia. That we will have a Georgia player as our number one.
1: I know Georgia's gonna be dominating this next draft, dude. It's unbelievable. I mean, like they have been in the, the last the, few in the years. The draft after, in the draft the, after, the <laughs> until draft. the after, day we're after. you know until football doesn't exist anymore. We can say, I guess. But Angelo, I'm super excited for those defensive tackles. But before we wrap it up, there's some news that that came out. Our boy Rob Gronkowski. Has finally decided to call it a career. It's you know for the second time for the yeah, for the second time. And yeah, yeah. You said knows? finally decided. Like no, he's decided <laughs> uh,
0: before. He'll probably come back and retire again. I'm not. I'm not holding my breath.
1: Over or under week twelve for his return. Uh, under. Okay. All right. I, I see it. Once that Buccaneers team has a lot of uh, old heads on there, so once they get a little rusty and some people need some breathing time. Tom Brady's going to be calling up his buddy again. I I really wouldn't be surprised, but, you know, congratulations to a phenomenal career. If, if, a strong emphasis on if, if that's the last time we got to see you play, you know, it was an honor being able to watch the greatest tight end in the history of football.
0: I think that Gronk is arguably the best tight end ever. I think there's a competition between, you know, there's, there's some old head guys. You got like John Mackey. Kellen Winslow, tight ends at uh, Dave Casper, Mike Thicke, uh, tight ends of the past. And then you've got the guys that we grew up. I, I really feel in the in the goat conversation. I guess Shannon Sharp would be there, and then of course Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski is arguably the tight end that you would want the most in terms. Of, I, I think that it's easy to say that he's the best dual threat tight end. Mm-hmm of all time in the terms of being an elite receiver and an elite blocker. And when it comes to the tight end position, I think that defines what being the best of all time is, is that you have two responsibilities in line blocking and receiving. I mean, a second year, 90 catches, 1,327 yards and 17 touchdowns. That is up there with the prime receiving years of Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Calvin Johnson, Jerry Rice. Like that's how good – that 2011 season was he led the league in touchdowns that year in his first six seasons in five of those and the only one that where he didn't was an injury plagued year he had 10 17 11 12 11 in touchdowns and he had three 1000 yard receiving years out of those out of those seasons he, of course injuries hampered what was going to be undoubtedly undoubtedly the best career in of all time at tight end. That's kind of where the separation comes from, where a lot of people had Tony Gonzalez as the top tight end. Tony Gonzalez played 17 years, cracked double-digit uh, r- touchdowns only three times, and he had 1,000 yards four times in 17 years, where Gronk had four in seven years or eight years, and then he had the five touchdowns. It's just his prime is was just best tied in he was the four-time first team all pro player it, it, he was fifth in offensive player of the year one year he's just it, it's he's easily going to be the best it's going to be a while the uh, well i was going to say it's going to be a while but uh, uh that boy kyle uh, Pitts is coming yeah. yeah he's coming he's coming and uh to be honest he's gonna be better i'm sorry gronk love you gronk kyle pitts is legitimately a wide receiver that just has the tight end body. I mean, but no, Gronk is to me a top 3 tight end ever, and if somebody put him number 1, I wouldn't argue against it. I'd be like, "Yeah, totally." And that's it. If somebody said Gonzalez, I probably would say, "Yeah, but Gronk." So really mm-hmm. in my book, maybe I do have Gronk as the best tight end ever. At least in the at least of our lifetime. I think it's pretty Easy to say, it is just different styles, you know. If you play a if you play a balanced game, you'd want Gronk. But if you spread it out like a Mahomes style, maybe you'd want Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. You know, you never you never know on what people prefer there. But it, it's it's an incredible career. No, oh, wow. it was an incredible career for an incredible player. His prime was unlike any other. And I was telling you, even just coming back, you think that Gronk is washed, and especially in 2020, we thought he was washed. He looked a lot better last year but he was putting up numbers that tight ends were making pro bowls from in the 2000 mid 2000s 45 catches 623 yards and seven touchdowns in 2020 and then 55 catches 802 yards and six touchdowns in 2021 i mean even even uh, in the twilight of his career gronk can still put up starting tight end numbers he's he's just a phenomenal
1: player yeah and let's not forget you know he was he was a key piece to that Super Bowl win. You know, he got a touchdown. Him and Antonio Brown were the two players to catch a touchdown from Tom Brady that game. So he came in and he made an impact when he had to, you know, at the biggest moment of his career. Again, I mean, four Super Bowl champions. I, I'm, so, like I said, I'm so glad I was able to witness Rob Gronkowski's career play out and now the Cleveland Browns have the next best tight end in David Njoku I'm just so no I'm I'm kidding I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll out myself but no speak- <laughs> I was wondering where that was going I actually like David Njoku a lot, I love though. David Njoku but um speaking of of Rob Gronkowski Angelo next week we have the tiebreaker and we said we were going to wait to reveal what class we did well we're here Gronk's retiring let's let's end it with Gronk's draft the 2010 NFL redraft coming next week and Angelo we're tied 2-2 right now baby so this is gonna be for all the marbles it
0: is I'm nervous this you're very hyped about this class I'm going to have to do my leg work but we will see now who has the number one pick in this one it's you right
1: yes sir I believe it is
0: because I had the number one pick in 2007 mm-hmm. I think you've had t- two top but let's see because you had the top pick in the Tyree Kill draft. Mm-hmm. And then I took... And then you had the... who You had the first pick in, in the first draft we did, right?
1: Yeah, and was that Larry Fitzgerald that I took?
0: You took Larry Fitzgerald in a draft that we did when we did the 0-4 draft.
1: Was that the number one overall pick?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You took rece- yeah, two receivers with... with Uh, both of those. And then I did a number one pick where I took J.J. Watt and a number one pick where I took Adrian Peterson. So I'll give you the first pick next week, and then we will see who truly is the champion.
1: All right, all right. I'm ready to claim my title, Angela. I'm ready to take you down, but... Today, I had a fantastic time, you know, finally being able to present my centers to you. Like I said, I had a great time doing it. Super excited for your defensive tackles next week, Angelo. So thank you so much for being on the show today, my friend. I appreciate you as always.
0: Yep, I will see you for the redraft and then my top five defensive tackles
1: next week. Yes, sir. All righty. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of BlitzCast, and we'll catch you later next week.